All right, another episode. I don't um, feel comfortable in, interrupting you because I don't know our guest. He's <laughs> like, uh, this is my first time meeting him, so I don't want to give him the an impression like we don't get along or I don't respect you. <laughs> Thank you for not interrupting. Another episode. I know that bothers you. <laughs> it does. I'm used to it. This is another episode of Stand Up Memories. Hi. This is You'll Jackie. You'll never get used to it. Admit it. Just admit I won't. It. I, okay, then I won't do it again. Jackie the Joke Man Martling. I am Peter Bales. I'm and determined not to do anything different, Jim, just because I don't know you. I want you to get the okay. threat of what an inane podcast we run here. Well, you know what's happening here is uh, Jackie's a headliner. You're a headliner. And headliners are obviously at different clubs all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so you're basically saying you're here on our Coattails. I'm, I'm here. I'm totally on your coattails. <laughs> Although they seem, they seem to be slipping a little. Jim, I don't know what you heard, but Peter is actually a very accomplished. Um, what? Uh, just human being. I human think. being. He's very good. Now, this is what's happening here is uh, we've got a terrific comedian. We're going international. Jim Delacus, I can vouch for. I've worked with him many times in the past. He's super funny. And he's an Australian comedian. He's from Australia. He sounds, and we should get him on the show, if you don't mind, if we, we have a guest. You, didn't you notice I'm shutting up? Finally. No offense. Ladies and gentlemen. None take. Good. Jim Delacus. Uh, Hi, Jim. Hey, nice to meet both of you. And, and I can vouch for both of you. Well, <laughs> I, I love Jim and I love you. I love your comedy. And I have so many questions about what it's like to be an Australian comedian working in America. And I know because uh, I've uh, American audiences embrace you. Yes, I'm and a fish out of water. You're a fish out of water. But I, <laughs> yes. it's not as if you are in uh, China or mm-hmm. a Spanish speaking country. How how out of water are you? Uh, similarities between America and Australia, but also differences. That's what, uh, Let me ask you about that. You've yeah. done comedy in Australia. Where are you from in Australia? Uh, from Perth, from halfway around the world, literally. I mean, you couldn't get further away from where we are than going to Perth. If you drill a hole on a diagonal, you will end up in my mother's backyard. Ah. Uh, that's, that's how far that's away. That's a good thing to remember. <laughs> yeah. She'll probably cook for you. <laughs> How long's the flight from New what York? What year is it? <laughs> it's a, it's about uh, twenty four hours of flying time, and the shortest I've ever got to do it with, you know, refueling and stuff, is about uh, thirty two. Thirty two hours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To Perth. Yeah, it's pretty. What, crazy. At what point do you wake up and say, "I love comedy. I think I want to do it thirty two hours from here." Um, brain damage has a lot to do with it, but I guess <laughs> to, to be invited, cause I was invited, uh, to New York, which I always looked up to, uh, all the comedians that I didn't know were actually from Long Island, like Eddie Murphy, um, and, uh, uh, Rob Bartlett, who was a huge influence on me. Yes. I just, uh, thought, you know, I, I got invited to go to the place where they came from. And where they grew, I can't say no. I don't care how many hours away. Being is. invited is all the answer you really need to uh, to say. I mean, that's a 
it's a huge deal, you know? Yeah, and it's strange because um, with all its faults, America has been so kind to me uh, because I remember I originally started off and still am an actor and I was enamored by, you know, Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, especially Meryl Streep. And they had gone to the actor studio. So when I got a letter from the actor studio in Perth saying, we'd like to invite you to come in as an observer and then recommended an, wow. an acting private acting coach, there's no way in hell I'm going to say no. You said <laughs> so, you were invited. I thought that they said, hey, we could get you a spot at the comic strip. You didn't say the actors <laughs> to be, oh, my God. Confess. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was. Uh, I think I still have the letter somewhere. I have all these these trinkets. These, uh, uh, like, this is how much America loves me. <laughs> so That's not a I trinket. Have, That's a frame okay, on that, the wall. So yeah, you were invited yeah. as an actor, and yes. you came over here as an actor, uh, how did you suddenly start stand-up comedy over here? Well, that's um, I, one of my uh, the acting student, student friends was uh, Liz Gill. And she was a lovely Irish actress. She was lovely. And uh, she, uh, she would always laugh at everything I would say and do. And she just said, you should try some stand-up comedy. You're so funny. And I said, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. They don't make any money. And she goes, neither do we. <laughs> so, um, so she said, you've got to come to an open mic night with me. And I said, what's an open mic? And um, I went. And I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I think you guys probably remember. I think it was a place called Mama Someone's in in the city it was one of these don't uh, tell mama oh don't, don't tell, tell mama that's yeah, it that's don't it tell mama's in yeah. yeah yeah and in it was village? yeah yeah I, I believe so uh and then I, my first thing i ever said to anybody was the same thing i said when i first became a dj is i'm new at this please don't throw anything and they thought that was funny and um it was around the crocodile dundee er era yeah. so yeah uh, that was i was very welcome and I did so. I did okay, and it felt good. But then I just put it aside. And she was always encouraging me, "You've got to do it again. You've got to do it again." And then I did it in Australia, and I started to get reasonably good at it. And then I thought, "This is no way to make a living. I think I'm going to stop." And I did one last show, and um, it was great. I mean, I it was a wonderful kill, and they gave me a standing O. And I thought, "What a great way to go out in a blaze of glory. I'm done with this." Okay. And then I went to the bar and the guy comes up to me and says, mate, I'm doing a tour of the Outback and the major cities. I need you to come on tour with me. And I said, you can't tell me that. I just quit. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I did that. I got you're to see Australia. You're never done. No, you never are. You. And then, and then a few <laughs> years later, I was getting better at it. And there were so many Americans at my shows that would say, oh, you would do so good in the States. And I go, don't tell me that because I'm happy where I am. <laughs> and and uh, they did this thing on television where uh, this a news piece of stand-up comedy in Western, Western Australia. And I'm watching it and it's got all these comedians. And then there's, I'm thinking, oh, they're not going to put my bid on. Or no one cares about me, I guess. But then they go, but perhaps the king of Western Australian comedy is Jim Delacus. And I burst out laughing because I thought, I'm no king. I'm living with my parents <laughs> and I don't know what the hell I'm doing on stage. So I don't think I'm the king. And then I just 
did what uh, Dustin Hoffman says to actors to do. Like, um, you just gotta, you just gotta rehearse. You just gotta keep doing it. Just keep doing it. So I just found as much stage time as I possibly could, got better at it, and then I thought, how would I do in the U.S. right now? And I sent my uh, my stuff off, and I think I sent off maybe ten tapes. You remember tapes? And I got six positive responses with Bruno Schripper actually saying, would you, yes. I want to sponsor ah. you. I want to sponsor you. And, uh, and I thought, okay, how do I say no to this? <laughs> so what year? Like, I, uh, nine, you, did you start in 95? Six, 96. And I said 96. to myself, I'll give it six months. And my friend who was with me, said oh no 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 you got to give it at least a year i said a year i'm not i'm not staying here for a year anyway here i still am 27 years <laughs> whatever the hell that is but it's been such an incredible journey and i just keep learning i just keep i just keep doing it i try to keep my ego intact i i even enjoy shows where it doesn't go so well because i think it's important that you get brought back down to earth i um it doesn't, you it's know, all, and then, it's all part of it. All yeah. Part of it. Yeah. I, I, I love every minute. And there's nothing that makes me happier than seeing other people happy, you know, and, and to know that I'm the catalyst for that. It's just such an amazing feeling. It really is. What's the difference? What's the difference between stand up comedy here in the United States and stand up comedy in Australia? Well, it's pretty much stylistically. The same. Stylistically, I think that. In Australia, it never used to be this way. Um, when I first started, they weren't used to stand-up comedy. It was new. The only place that was um, accustomed to comedy was in Melbourne. It was one of the, you know, the Melbourne Comedy Festival, Montreal, and Edinburgh. Yes. And yeah, the Melbourne, cities. The cities are used to it. Sure, and but Sydney wasn't as used to it as Melbourne. Melbourne is such a melting pot, and it, it was when I was growing. It still is, but it was. They had done comedy for years. In fact, one of my other greatest influences, Rita Rudner, used to come to Australia yes. a lot. And she was the first comedian I saw that I said, I, I want to try and just not do impressions. I want to try and talk like what she does. And I'm, I was enamored by her. And um, so she spent a lot of time in Melbourne. And I guess the difference is that back then in Perth, where I was doing it, and even in the outback, I mean, good Lord, you would you would get on stage and they'd start cursing you and saying, get off, show us your wuzzy, you know, and all these discussions. Show us things. your what? Uh, excuse me, can we get clarification? Yeah. <laughs> we get a translation on that? Wuzzy is, is female genitalia. You know, so they go, show us your wuzzy, mate. And then they'd say the worst possible things. So, yeah, so of, it's the Wild West. In the beginning, it's the Wild West, just like yeah. outer New Jersey and... Long Island, yeah, casual times, <laughs> a bad, a bad club. <laughs> but um, but then club. what happened as I did it more here, and that taught me over there to 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 become rapid fire. And when I came to the U.S., the guy that came with me, he was um, also a comedian, and he said, "I find American audiences very innocent, almost childlike. Like, tell me a story." Like in the beginning in Australia, it was almost like they'd look at you like, we're going to destroy you because you suck and we hope you suck. And over here, I felt like, oh, we're, we so hope you're good. 
because we want to <laughs> be on your side. You know, so I, I found that they love the story. And Bruno told me, you can't just go up with that accent and just go into your act because we're looking at you like, is he for real? What's he doing? You know, so I had to then learn uh, that about American audiences. But now the difference is that when you go to Australia, they're, they're so patient. It's like the opposite now. It's like they will wait for a punchline and they will be so patient. And because I've learned to be fast-paced New York comedian, when I go there and I listen to other comedians, I'm going, oh, my God, please get to the punchline. Oh, my God. <laughs> Have you lost them? Have you lost them? Have you lost them? But then they'll get a humongous laugh and I'll go, wow, that's, that's amazing. It's very similar to Canada, the way Australia is. We're, we're, we're just Canadians with... Um, Australian accents, basically. That's what that is. <laughs> there you go. Now, you, you work a lot in the suburbs. You notice, you notice the difference between New York City and the suburbs. Um, That's pretty huge as well. It is a little bit, but not that much. Because people used to say, oh, you got to be careful because New York audiences, they're jaded. And I thought, is that true? And I would try to adapt. Because every agent would say to me, oh, New York's different. You got to go in the city. You got to do different stuff. So I would do different stuff and I would get depressed because I would leave and think, oh, well, I guess I should take a shower and get into another field of endeavor because this is not working. And I would go, but hang on a second. I killed. I killed last time. What's happening? And then I remember I had to do this um, showcase and uh, this agent, I, well, you know, Roger Paul, he, he says to me, all right, now, you know what you're going to do? You got to do this thing. You got to do it really good. Uh, you, you get, you, we, we talked about your material. And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to be me and I don't give a damn. So I went on stage and I just did my regular act and it was amazing. And I thought, oh, it's not New York audiences who are jaded. It's the industry that's jaded. <laughs> so. So I find that I've done shows in Malaysia, Singapore, the UK, uh, all across New York, the city, the I tour across Canada. Everyone is the same. Everybody just wants to laugh. Uh, and I think sometimes you'll get people who are offended that don't need to be offended because I do this whole Asian thing where I talk about wanting to Bruce Lee was one of my heroes and I wanted to be Bruce Lee and I talk about my Asian friends. And there was one particular person in Australia that will remain nameless that said, well, that's offensive and you should drop that act. I did it in Singapore and they all came up to me, all the Asians like, oh, you really figure us out. You figure us out, man. You, you, we know that's the truth. You really have a family. You really have Asian family. So, so I just. Doesn't think it that, still make you crazy that one yeah. person makes yeah. a comment like that? And it just stays with you. Yeah. I think that happens. All, you know, you can have the whole sure. world on your side. And one person says, oh, you're a little off tonight, huh? That's all you think <laughs> about all the way home, right? Yeah. Isn't it? I, what's that? Like, I think Madonna said, there can be a, a, a hundred thousand people in the audience. And if I see one person miserable, that's who I'll think about. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a shame. Now, I think of you as a stand-up comedian, but you incorporate impressions and mm -hmm. characters into your act. Yeah. Yes, I do. What's um, your most successful impression? What do, what do audiences relate to? Um, Always. It's, that is sometimes depends where I am. Because if I'm in New York, especially Long Island, if 
if I start doing Rocket Balboa, then they lose their minds. They can't believe it. <laughs> and then I'll do, Mickey, Rocky, what are you doing? Get back to the gym, kid. What's the matter with you? And, you know, they say, okay, listen, listen, it's okay. You don't got to be so mean to me, Mick. Okay, I'll do what I do. If they listen to that in on Long Island, they <laughs> lose their minds. If I do it uh, in Southern Jersey, eh, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, <laughs> But it's also like that sounds to them like you're just talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, but De Niro never never fails. Like one of the De Niro, that never fails. Not a problem. And doing different different Pacinos because you know when he was younger, I saw Dog Day Afternoon. That's why I wanted to be an actor. I saw you got to put your gun down. And I always talk about how did you go from being a guy from Brooklyn like that to a Jew in heat. What are you doing? What do we got? What do we got? I mean, how did that happen? You know, it's like, is it too much smoking? <laughs> uh, and I there's a love lot of- it. I love it. Dog Day Afternoon, Attica, Attica, Attica. Oh. That's timeless. These are all timeless impressions. Yeah. You know, the audiences are, are always going to relate to them. I yeah, really believe that. That Attica scene was ad-libbed. He did that. He threw that money into the people watching. So... Uh, it wasn't supposed to happen, but he created a little bit of havoc. <laughs> yeah. I love I've had shows go so badly. I've had shows go so badly. The audience starts chanting Attica, Attica, Attica. <laughs> no, they were saying, out of here. Out oh, out of here. here. Out, of, out of here. Out of here. Out of here. <laughs> what always fascinated oh, me it. about. But you also. Oh, I was going to say what fascinated me, like every time I work with you, is that. Um, how you can make intelligent, super, almost academically t- intelligent comedy just be so funny. Because that's a hard thing to do. Because people go, ah, oh, it's intellectual. It'll go over people's heads. You, your stuff doesn't go over people's heads. I mean, you and you educate them at the same time. And boy, do some people need that. So <laughs> this is great. Well, it's- what a nice thank you. What a nice uh, compliment. Um- you should say, well, I am a professor. Yeah, I'm a professor. <laughs> yeah, well, how hard is it? I mean, it's difficult for a professor to be to be funny. I watched um, Real Time with Bill Maher last week, and the professors were very, very intelligent, but it was so boring. <laughs> there was, Absolutely. There was nothing it is, happening. I, I, it is very hard to make intelligent subjects funny, but it is mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. You just have to explain what you're doing to everybody. Um, and a, a lot of comedians were also teachers, Robert Klein, for one. Um, and I oh, also I wanted know. to circle back to I, I was a beer drinker. Yeah, Jackie was a beer <laughs> drinker and he believed in dumb comedy, dumb people. Am, am I getting you'll never go broke bringing dumb comedy to dumb people, although I'm broke. <laughs> Well, so, I, 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 I remember. I'm really glad you mentioned. I think the most. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. A delay. No, I was going to say that when I. First... I was just going to give a compliment to Reader. You mentioned Rita Rudner, and yeah. I think she's the most underrated comedian. Me too. In America, I don't know if she's she's not underrated in Australia apparently, probably, and no. not or England, but here mm. in America, right. who else because inspired she... you to do? Well, well, yes. Um, Eddie Murphy, I remember when I first saw uh, Delirious, um, it had been out for a few, and my friend in Australia said, 
I know you're into comedy. You really have to watch this. I think you'll like it. I remember laughing so hard. Maybe I was 19, so it was even funnier. Uh, that I was on the ground. I was on the ground in his house holding onto my stomach going, Turn it off! Turn it off! Because I thought I was going to literally die from laughing. And I thought... I didn't realize why I thought it was funny. People look back on it now and say, oh, it's kind of mean and all that. I don't because I realized when I got here and I tried to get, um, my goal was always to just appeal to everybody, not in a pandering way, just like for them to get an understanding of, I'm one of you. I'm no more special than you are. I'm just up here telling a story that you can relate to. And I realized years later that, when I was watching it, I thought, here is a black American guy. He's talking about his family. And I'm a Greek Australian white guy halfway around the world. And his family is my family. And I'm relating to everything he's saying. And our backgrounds couldn't possibly be more different. And I thought, wow, if I can someday transcend cultures and countries the way he just did with me, then I'll be a really happy guy. And wow, that's a great observation. That's, that's yeah. terrific. That really is. Mm. Long Island's own Eddie Murphy, we take credit yeah. for. <laughs> when I first worked on, on Long Island, that was uh, I, I emceed at Governor's, and I was terrible and because uh, <laughs> I was so scared. I was just so scared. And uh, I believe it was Dan Wilson... Yes, was, Long, Long yeah. Island at the time. Yeah, he was Dan Wilson. like everyone on Long Island and just in New York in general. Everyone told me, oh, New York, you know, they're mean and it's a backstabbing industry, dog eat dog. And I got the exact opposite. I had Joey Cola. I had Dan Wilson. They took me under their wing, like Phil, Phil Tag from Jersey. They took me under their wing. They helped me. They told me, try this, do this. This is what we think is funny. Dude, you should do that. And uh, well, people are good out here, but you you actually singled out two especially nice people, you know, two yeah. or three, you know, well, I mean, not that everybody isn't nice, but some are head and sh like Joey and yeah. Dan are head and shoulders above, you know, like he was incredible. And I remember he said to me, um, they have no ego, which is what I love. You know, it's just so nice to work with people with no egos and. I mean, we all have a little bit of one, but when you work with professionals who just like we would toss a coin, who's going to close? Yeah. And when someone like Dan Wilson will say to me, because um, this was when I was featuring, uh, I would go up. We did, I think um, this was in, um, uh, what was the place on, in New Jersey at Ocean Township? What was that club again? Rascals. 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 So I, I worked with him there and I featured and he's in the chair. I get off stage and he goes, ah, oh, Jim, damn it. I forgot how good you really are. <laughs> and I said, that's that you, you have no idea what that means to me coming from someone like you, who I look up to, you know, and it's the same with, with Joey Collar, where they, they, I think I, I, he, he didn't even know me and he drove me home and he gave me all this advice and he was when I got to the club, he said, are you hungry? Go get some tea. Get, get, get some tea. So I went to get <laughs> something and they said, oh, we're not taking any orders now. You have to you have to wait. And then he goes, where's your burger? I thought you got a burger. And I said, no, they told me to wait. And he goes, no, no, no. You go back there and tell him Joey Cola's not going to go on until you get your burger. 
<laughs> and I said, I really don't want to do that. I think you should do that. I'm just a guest. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, Jim, you it was, are. It was not lost on me that Joey was pushing his glasses back. Yeah. <laughs> that was spectacular. That's funny. What's well, an impressionist? Jim, well, you I got were that. terrific. Ryan Marto, he, he started doing that when he did. So I got to give him credit for that. So, Jim, you are so terrific. We barely scratched the surface with you. Mm -hmm. uh, but are, can we uh, get you back again in the future, please? Absolutely. And oh. let me tell you this. Um, I, uh, I would always hear your name, Jackie. And I would always just, I mean, you were just a... You are an icon, and I know you probably don't have a big ego either. And I thought, how come well, we I don't know. <laughs> I said, I don't have a big ego, but when I hear icon, I, I hear close to death. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, like, I'd be on a Greyhound bus going to, to wherever it was, Roanoke, Virginia. And what kept me going was listening to Howard Stern because I was so depressed and homesick. I would listen to that on the way to the gig and just you and the whole thing i just thought i cannot believe i'm depressed and laughing my head off and then i think how come i never get to meet jackie martling and now here i am being interviewed so it only took it's 27 very years flattering. thank you but thank it was you. worth it to meet you. <laughs> thank you jim, my pleasure jim delacus we're gonna have you back are you are see a sm smart comedian comedian oh, wow. and smart say it like i i'm smart did you understand anything he said? <laughs> when, when are we going to start? <laughs> Jim, thank you. Jim thank Delacus. you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Jackie. Jackie. Appreciate it. I'm Peter Bales. We'll see you next time on Stand Up Memories. Thank you.